you should you're be way cooler that. than me. Cause you know, my happiness was this year. <laughs> Dude, I hope it's masturbating or something. Cause that was my second. That's my second <laughs> taking nudes and masturbating was my second most common thing I did this year. I started taking tap classes. <laughs> Dude, I was a professional tap dancer for years. Like this is the coolest thing ever. As yeah. you should- Oh, fuck. It, it was the best part of my week until we went on lockdown. Now, ironically, I'm depressed again, but whatever. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pintucci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass of whatever makes you feel good, sit back and join me as I navigate adulthood with real unfiltered conversations. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. We are back after one week off. I got some rest and to be completely honest, you guys, I felt very ambitious at the beginning when I started this podcast. I mean, I didn't realize two episodes a week would be a lot, but it's a lot. And now I've kind of hit that 11th COVID wall and I have days where I'm very tired. So I appreciate when you allow me to have those weeks off to rest. We are diving back into it today with a fiery, unfiltered conversation with my guest, Erica Eileen. And we're going to be talking about how you can up your confidence in the bedroom and in real life. We dive into a bunch of different things in this episode, including censorship that's happening on Instagram for sex educators and sex workers. I learn why OnlyFans actually started, and it's not the reason why you think. We talk about practicing gratitude and how to navigate personal body transformations and the industries that benefit from us hating ourselves. So before we dive into this week, let me tell you a little bit more about my guest. I'm hanging out with Erica Eileen, who is a confidence coach who specializes in helping women feel confident in their business, their body, and the bedroom. She figured out how to develop unshakable confidence, and now she is sharing it with the world, and she claims that her clients feel like the baddest bitch in town when they're done her sessions with her. So I'm so happy to kick this week's episode off with Erica. So I'm pumped to have you on the show today. Ah, thank you. Because, I mean, we did a bit of a spoiler. Your girl has (laughs) no confidence. I'm just working on it. You know, there's some days that are great, but some days that are not great. But so anytime I get someone to come on the podcast, I make everyone fill out a form, which you filled out. And it allows me to get to know my guests a little bit more, but also have them like kind of hone in on their zone of genius you know everyone kind of has their thing that they talk about or their thing that they're like this is what I'm good at jamming on and that was the first time I've ever read your bio so I saw who you were before and I'm like this is amazing I can relate to this but when I read your bio and I, I saw your story and I was like yes I got you yes <laughs> so go for it girl tell us yeah who you are, what you do, and how you got to what you're doing today. Totally. So let me just wrap up 28 years of my life in three and a half minutes. This could be (laughs) like one of my number one specialties. By the time I'm done doing this, I'll be, I'll be a professional. So you can just record it and then hold it up to the mic every time. 
okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to get my team on that ASAP. <laughs> and I'll be like, let me, just one moment, please. No, yeah. uh, my name's Erica Eileen. I'm from Toronto. I've kind of grown up all around. Me too. Okay, I'm not going to interrupt, sorry. Okay, we need Go to on. be, well, now we can be in-person friends when we can actually hang out and we're not on lockdown. So this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm 28. I am a confidence and sex coach. I started off as a confidence coach and it's kind of worked its way through business as well as sex and sexuality. So my journey essentially started when I was seven and I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And for those that might be listening, whether you know about diabetes or not, someone in your realm of circle has probably had it. The problem not the problem, but the stereotype that comes with diabetes though, is that it's something to do with your body, something to do with your health. And it's almost in a negative way to say, you didn't do something good enough. Mm -hmm. You were, you, you ate something wrong when you were a child, your parents didn't care for you, whatever the fuck, there's so many different stereotypes around diabetes. And so as a seven-year-old, when my body attacked itself, I embodied a lot of those stereotypes. A lot of people at age seven said to me, oh, is it because you're fat? Is it because you're your parents fed you fruit roll-ups and shit. And there was a lot of stereotypes. There was a lot of misinformation about diabetes back then. And so I internalized that. I saw my body of not being able to produce insulin as a way of saying your body's bad and it's incapable and you're not worthy, which is really fucked up to say out loud, but that is what we are told as a society. And so I grew up uh, with this chronic disease and it was very difficult. It was it was easy in the sense of that, like, okay, like I can still do what I need to do, but every single day I make adaptations to my living to make sure that I can still do what I wanted to do. And so I embodied again, this idea that my body wasn't capable and that I had to like always be trying at something or it wasn't always going to be a hundred percent. And something about confidence that not many people know, or maybe don't realize is that when you maybe lack confidence in one area of your life, it is so easy for it to trickle into other parts of your life. So uh, for instance, even for us talking, right? You said like, I don't love maybe the way that I look. I don't love being on camera. So yes, that's who you are person, like in person, but that's going to trick trickle into your business, right? That's going to trickle into maybe dating or showing up because now maybe we have to have Tinder, et cetera. So it was trickling into then my capabilities of who I was as a person. So I was always an outgoing individual. I was like, I wanted to be Hannah Montana growing up still do to this day. Something about the double life is really fucking alluring, but I always was this outgoing quote unquote confident person, but on the inside, I didn't feel that way. Um, and quote unquote, I faked it till I made it. And it was very confusing for people because they saw this bubbly fun, happy Erica, but in, on the inside, I fucking hated myself. And it was so clear now looking back, but in the moment it was very hard to see. So that was everything. I went through high school. I did my thing. It was weird. Like I don't even try to like glamorize high school because I'm like, everyone's high school is fucking weird. Whether you were the popular girl or, or the quote unquote nerd, or you want to call yourself the sporty, like everyone's high school was an yeah. interesting experience. Right. So I did that. And then I went off to university. I studied physical and health education and gender equality and social justice. But when I was in physical and health, physical and health um, education, I actually wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to do something within the realm of fitness and women empowerment. I just like, didn't really know what passion I wanted to follow. Cause I had so many. And then when I started taking gender equality courses by fluke, because I needed electives, I started actually learning about the world. So I am a cis white woman. So my privilege is extremely through the roof, even though I'm quote unquote disabled. Um, I still hold a lot of privilege. And so that program and that course really showed me that there's more to life than what we are taught. And I grew up in a very small town, so I didn't know this shit. Like it was shocking to me, but 
in these programs, I started learning about things like diet culture. I started learning about confidence and mental health and the world around us and how it shapes us to think the way that we think. And I had the biggest light bulb moment. I was like, holy shit. I was heavy, heavy, heavy into um, disordered living, I call it, because I was manipulating my insulin and my diabetes care because there is this um, condition, I guess, called diabolemia, where you don't take your medicine so that you lose weight, even though it puts you at risk of literally dying and killing yourself. So I did that for about 10 years growing up, um, which was really difficult. And then, um, I also was very much into fitness and losing weight. And I thought that the skinnier I was, the better I would be. And I was, I was a product of the industries and society around us. And I never shame anyone for thinking that still, because it's very difficult not to get caught up and to believe that weight equals worth. Mm -hmm. And so this was a big moment for me. I was like, Holy shit, I'm depressed. I, it was, a, it, was a, it was a big light bulb moment, but that's when I realized that there was so much more that goes into how people feel. And I realized that how I wanted to help people in this world was not through being a doctor, was not through weight loss and teaching people how to lift weights. It was through empowering them in the body as the person that they are today, rather than making them fucking change. Because realistically, the industries that surround us, the society that surrounds us tell, tells us to change. They don't need another person telling someone, hey, if you change this, you might like yourself more. People might like you. You might become mm-hmm. attractive. You might get that job. Like, fuck that shit. Fuck that actual shit. Because all of those ideas are embedded in racism, sexism, the patriarchy. Like, it goes so much deeper than just us wanting to look a certain way. There's lots of um, systematic injustices that, that build us on these ideas of how we should look or present or essentially exist. So- that's what happened after uh, university. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. So I up and left. <laughs> I was in a relationship at the time and I moved to Australia for a year and just nannied and explored my own confidence journey because I was in a bikini all day. And I was like, okay, like this is when we actually practice it because I can sit in Australia for a year and not enjoy myself or I can enjoy myself mm-hmm. and say, fuck it. So threw on my bikini every day and my body confidence ended up exploding, which then translated to my confidence in my diabetes and caring for my body in a better and more authentic way. And then from there, because I was like, okay, now I believe that I'm capable because of my body. Let me focus on, which is the harder part, actually being capable and believing that I am worthy of things outside of how I exist as a human being. So went on that journey, came home, started working as a nanny and a preschool teacher, which is like really ironic now that I'm a sex coach, but <laughs> it's all part of the journey. So I was doing Going that on in those classrooms, <laughs> dude. Like no, I was, a, I was joke. a preschool teacher though. When they were like, <laughs> like I, I really struggled in that role because I'm so good with kids, but I'm also that person that when the kids were like, "Where does my poop come from?" I was like, "You eat your food and it goes down your esophagus," and it, like I was just that person that taught them where their shit came from and how it formed and. um <laughs> Some parents and maybe some directors of the preschools maybe didn't think Needless that. Needless to say, you're no longer a, a preschool teacher. Needless to say, I realized very quickly that this was not for me and that if I wanted to actually do what I wanted to do, which was encourage people to be who they are and help people with their sexuality and really dive into uh, like authenticity, I had to quit that job. So it was scary, but I did it two years ago and now I'm a full-time confidence and sex coach. Sadly, because of the new terms and conditions on a lot of the social platforms, I only will identify 
in my titles as a confidence coach, but a huge part of who I am is allowing people to gain confidence inside and outside of the bedroom. So can we just start off by talking about that? Because I was actually not aware of this. And now it's like coming up more often because I have a lot of friends who work in that world and more and more people are, yeah, in the industry and speaking about it. And you know, that censorship. Dude, it's, it's really what are some, like, cause I see a lot of people like, oh, I can't say this word or I can't say that. Like, what are the words? Can you like listen to I actually don't know. Oh yeah, totally. No. And you know, it's funny, like, unless you're in the realm, unless you follow people that are sex workers or sex educators, you're, you're not going to see it. So uh-huh. don't feel bad if you didn't, but, um, it was actually funny because part of my journey also too, was about a year ago to date. I had my Instagram following, I had 10,000 followers organically. I was just doing my thing. And I actually, the day I started promoting my first round of my sex and sexuality program, Instagram took my, my whole page away, no warning, nothing. And it was funny because I was like, what, like, what the hell? I didn't do anything. I didn't post a nude. I didn't post anything bad. I was just saying like, this is how you gain confidence with pleasure. And so now it's a year later, I was on the blacklist. I was, which is like essentially the list you don't want to be on for Instagram. It's essentially the people that are like the very naughty people go on this list and you can't use hashtags. You can't use location. So it was super hard on, on my business, but essentially some of those words now that we're seeing, which like it could be a whole podcast episode just about what's going on Uh in the sex industry right now. Cause it's, it's, it runs very deep, but on a very surface level, it's talking about self-pleasure, which like, Holy fuck, we all do it. But so much going on in the world. And you're going to take someone's account down for exploring their own goddamn bodies. It's, it's incredible. So it's self-pleasure. It's people, um, making money, you know, from only fans from promoting, like, um, maybe some of their services that they might offer. It's literally talking about lubes. It's talking about condoms. It's talking about sex positions. It's, it's literally education, which is the sad part about it. And the scary part, it's actually why a lot of people are fighting for it because it's not just like, and again, it's not to like categorize anything, but it's not like, okay, you posted your full genital online. Like that's non-consensual for your viewers. Let's take that down. It's, it's proper education. It's people's jobs, right? No, no matter what happens, sex workers will always exist. Like they, they are so important in our society. Yeah, they existed before Instagram, just an FYI. (laughs) Just an FYI, Zuck. Exactly. Right. And so it's, it's the removal of people's business, right? Like this is people's industry. This is people's income. This is their job. And then it's also the educators and people teaching people how to be safe, how to enjoy themselves. And it's funny because they're trying to erase it, but it's like, let's just be honest. Like everyone's having sex, even the people who are working every single day to try to silence the sex workers who are trying to silence sex educators and sex creators. So it's really interesting, but yeah, the self-pleasure stuff, selling. I bet you some of those men too are doing some shady sex shit too. This is how it always goes. And I don't like to categorize or like a stereotype, but it's always the people that are like very, very hesitant about having sexually liberated folks, which are usually the ones that maybe need a little bit of sexual liberation themselves. I'm just going to put it up there. I'm going to slip this one in. No pun intended. And (laughs) I was on this retreat a couple of years ago and this girl from California was up there. And she was like, I am one of the most highly paid and highly respected Mm -hmm. prostitutes in the fucking state. 
And I just literally was like, hold my beer, except it was probably champagne. I was like, I literally turned my head and I said, come sit next to me right now. I grabbed a bottle of wine. I, I want to talk to you. And not my story to tell, but like, it's like most of these men, businessmen, business owners, politicians, yeah. whatever it is, mm-hmm. and half of them, I'm not even fucking. She's like, most of these people just want companionship. They just want to talk. Yeah. They want me to run a bath. They want to cuddle. They want to do this. She's like, yeah, I've just like, but she's, she's like upwards of like 10, 10,000 US, like for a couple of hours. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the funny thing too, is pe- when people think of sex work or they think of sex education, there's always this idea that it's, uh, you know, a certain type of person that's indulging in this. But again, that's why these rules and these regulations on sex workers and on sex educators is so fucked up because everyone indulges and takes and benefits from the sex industry. So it's like, who are you fucking trying to fit? Like there's, it's really deep. It's very, very interesting. And again, like I'm a sex educator and I'm at risk of being deleted again. There are folks that, like I said, that are like, that are sex workers that are far more at risk than me, but it's, it's the crackdown of it. That's very concerning because at the end of the day too, and I read this from, um, I'm gonna, I, I can't think of her last name. So I do apologize. Um, she's an adult creator, content creator, and her name is Gwen, Uh, I'm so mad that I can't remember her last name, but she posted something the other day that said, if you think that you are exempt from these rules, just wait, because they're cracking down on sex workers right now, but soon it will be that you can't post a photo in your bikini. You can't post your pregnant belly. Like they always are testing things out on the sex industry and on the sex workers because- I had a story taken down yesterday. I was posting about someone booking my photo shoot and it said, we're taking this down because you're you're spamming people. And I said, spamming people. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's the thing. So everyone's like, oh, well, I'm safe because I'm not in the sex industry. Like, whew, like, let me just dab my head there. But it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you might be next. We might not be able to promote our businesses even outside of the sex realm in the next future if that's how Instagram sees the app going. Right. So it's, it's a very unfortunate thing because, again, at the end of the day, sex education is already lacking in our systems, right? When you look at the educational system, whether you're from Canada, the US, wherever the fuck you're listening to, you likely did not receive the sex education that you deserve. Not even that you need, but that you deserve, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we have to find loopholes. We have to charge people for it. We have to go on platforms like OnlyFans and Patreon where you have to ask for financial exchange for your information because- that's the only way that it can happen. But so many people need this education. And so it's, it's a very, I don't want to place fear on something, but it's a very scary time for the sex industry and for so folks around Educators it. are also joining OnlyFans and not just like girls posting like nips. Yeah. So OnlyFans was originally <laughs> created for, um, for content creators who want to charge for their content. So there are personal trainers Back on there up. because it's essentially like Instagram, you can go live. There's posts, there's videos, there's DMS and stuff. So I actually have an OnlyFans myself and that's where I do all my sex education because I have been, um, dismantled from other ed- platforms such as TikTok and Instagram from doing so. So I charge people um, a fee per month and I, coach how I want. And I'm an educator and it's just like, you can post whatever you want. You can, you can send nudes, you can send videos, but you can also use it for personal training or business. So again, uh, because there is that connection of like naked girls and there is a lot of, I legit just thought it was like a space to have paid nudes. 
Yeah, totally. And there is a lot of like whore phobia and slut shaming that goes mm-hmm. into having that connection, mm-hmm. which is why people are like, oh, only fans. Mm-hmm. But um, even still, yeah, it's, it's essentially a platform for everyone. So which is kind of it's cool because now we can do that. But it is sometimes I have heard as well that it is sometimes taking away from the women and the folks that are um, I shouldn't just say women, but the folks that are posting there for for their sex work. So got it. It's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, that's this is wild. I wasn't even planning on talking about this today. That's why I don't write a list of questions because this is fascinating. Totally. Um, okay. So wait, going back to the censorship. Yeah. Is it specifically images or do people like, I can't now say words. I can't write a certain word. Right. Now, now you have me sweating a little bit. Cause I'm like, my, my bio literally says we're talking about sex. My- yeah, I would take that out yesterday. <laughs> Wow. Like, so can you asterisk it or you can asterisk it. You can add in like the dollar sign as the S and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, if they find it, they will, they will take it down likely, or you'll be flagged. It's so funny when I go on my lives, I'm like, yeah, so I'm just, uh, I'm just having fun. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to educate or talk about it. Cause it's actually like, you don't I know what am we're... sitting here pondering for a second because I, when I, when I launched the podcast, I'm promoting the episodes mostly on my big account to get people to my small account. And one of the first videos was a girlfriend and I talking and she made this joke about how I walked into her apartment when she hired me for photos, we weren't even friends. And I walked into her apartment. And I was like, I need to, I had the best sex of my life last night. And I told her about it. And I made that one of the promo clips. Mm-hmm. And for the last two months, I've been saying, I don't know what it is. But anytime I post something about my podcast, Instagram will not show it to people. And I thought I was going fucking nuts. Like I'm posting videos and I have 37,000 followers. I have videos getting under a thousand views. And I'm like, how in the world is this possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. It is. And um, yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, it's just another again, there's so many more issues in it, right? There's, there's, it's erasing marginalized bodies. It's erasing like a lot of people that are already being told, quote unquote, that their existence is less relevant or less important than others. And there is so much like racism. There's so much fat phobia. There's so many injustices that go into mm-hmm. taking down the sex industry. So very sad. indeed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to bookmark this conversation because I want to dive into some of your work and confidence, oh. but I want to bookmark this conversation and maybe we do another episode because this is Absolutely. fucking wild. Like yeah, I totally. want more people to be talking about this. Let's go back. Let's rewind for a second. You're in your mid twenties. Yeah. You get out of a relationship. You move to Australia for a year. We're not loving our body, but that's okay. We spend the year in a bikini you start to get fired up. You come home, you attempt to teach preschool. It doesn't work out very well for you. <laughs> yeah. Now what? Um, yeah. So, so I was actually in the, in the six year relationship that I was just in while I went to Australia. And it was so, the funny thing about this is that this you is a huge relationship when you were in Australia. You I was want- in that relationship. I did a one oh, year yeah. long distance. Yeah. Okay. But it's funny though, because, because it's such a big part of my journey because it really just goes to show how important it is to follow your dreams and to follow your, mm-hmm. your goals, regardless of if you are in a committed relationship or not. Mm-hmm. So 
So when I got back, yeah. So my partner and I, at the time we dated for six years straight. And actually in January recently, we had, we broken up and it was because I had done Australia. It was because I had worked all these jobs and he was a great person, but we weren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge pivotal moment for my own confidence as well ironically as a confidence coach at the time, because it was the next step in me being like, okay, I'm doing the, the quote unquote, let's call it the bare minimum in caring for myself. Like I'm doing my thing. I love my body now. Cool. But then it was like allowing myself to be like, okay, like how can I get closer to who I am? And so at the time, actually I had long blonde hair. It was part of my identity. I was this like pink wearing frilly person. And it's so funny because when people that have been through the transition with me, see me now, they're like, what the fuck? happened right but I was this person and essentially at the beginning of this year I said to myself um you know I have this desire to live a certain way and in the situation that I'm in right now although it was great although it was fine it wasn't my true identity and I wasn't allowing myself to dive into that so I left in January and and since then it's been I mean, everyone's had a whirlwind 2020, but truly when I say like my whole 2020 has been really quite interesting for my own self, it really has, right? Like I allowed myself to remove myself from family members that really didn't support me and didn't really understand who I was and were holding me to a standard that they saw me at. So they wanted a certain version of Erica that I didn't want to exist in and they couldn't accept the new one. So it was allowing myself then to, you know, make distance, set boundaries with them. them. Then I moved to a different city that I had never lived in before. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust myself. Then it was dyeing my hair from blonde to really, really dark. And then a couple months later I chopped it all. And now I had like super short hair for the first time in a really long time. And it's funny because people are like, okay, it's hair. It's moving to a city, whatever. But no, when it comes to com- about to go down, it's going down, <laughs> like come either come with us and bring the wine or like get off the fucking shit. But the people shit are texting, when- did you hear? She just booked an appointment with the hairdresser. Like Get yeah, the like, line. Let's fucking go. Like, yeah. And it was so funny because I didn't tell, like people were watching. Cause like, as you know, being online, people are watching you through this transition and they're kind of going with you through this journey. But I really, something that I teach my clients every single day is that it's not just about living mediocre. Like it's not just about like existing anymore. And I personally believe that if 2020 taught us anything, it should be that like, fuck this shit live the way that you want, live what you need to do because you don't know what's going to happen in the world, right? Like no one knew that this was coming in January. And then two months later, we're all on lockdown watching TikTok being like savage love, like learning how to twerk at age 30. Like, yeah, did somebody, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Right. And we're all like, oh, like TikTok, what is this? Right. So essentially when it comes to confidence, when it comes to starting your journey, it's, it's, I'm sorry. (laughs) Cause you're like, I made one of those videos. I just need a minute. I just need a minute. <laughs> Are you no, good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, like when it comes to confidence, it's the first step is removing the idea that you need to just exist right? So many of us are fighting to exist. And it's like, well, what if you allowed yourself to actually enjoy your life? What if you allowed yourself existing to other in other people's worlds, like not even with self totally existing for approval. And and a big thing too, is, is we are told to be, and I I might get a little bit of backlash for this, but I'm going to say it confidently because that's what we do, but it's, we have really, um, we've allowed ourselves to sit in this mindset of gratefulness, which is good. Gratitude is important, but it's sometimes 
caps us. And it sometimes puts a limit on what we are able to achieve and what we want, because we are told that we should maybe shouldn't want more. We should be grateful what we have. And sometimes people internalize that as I shouldn't want more. I'm being greedy. I'm being needy. Mm -hmm. I'm being, you know, selfish for wanting Mm -hmm. something different. And it's like, no, 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 darling friend of mine. It's not about those negative things. It's about knowing, okay, yes, it's good. Like my relationship with my ex was fabulous. People looked at us from the outside being like, I would fucking pay money to have a relationship like that. Meanwhile, I'm in there being like, yeah, it's great but we don't bachata dance and bachata dancing is my fucking pride and joy. So I was like, I need, I need a partner that will bachata dance with me. Right. But when people hear that, they're like, wait, you dumped your boyfriend because he wouldn't dance with you. And it's like, okay, on the surface level. Sure. If that's how you see it, I'm not going to fucking lie. I can. What are you doing later tonight? (laughs) I live in Vancouver, but when I'm, when I come back to visit Toronto, we'll go. Perfect. Perfect. Right. But it's allowing yourself to be like, yes, it might be good. Yes. It might be quote unquote, what people think is awesome, but having confidence is allowing yourself to say, no, I want Mm -hmm. more. And without the guilt attached to it. I want to go back to the gratitude because I think you're saying you're going to get a lot of heat from it because maybe you're looking at other leaders that are like listening to, you and they're like, the fuck is this girl talking about? But for someone who's actually in that process, I live in a very strong scarcity mindset. Mm. I don't have a lot of gratitude. It's always like, it's not good enough. Like, yeah, that's fine, but I want this or I need this. And I think to agree with what you're saying is that when we're, you're stuck in that mindset, especially in a year where it's like, well, it could be worse. You skip that process of grieving when something Mm -hmm. happens to you. It's like, it's like, you're allowed to grieve, but also what can you be grateful for? But that, that, totally. that conversation, I think that we, we skipped out on is, and what we're probably leading up to is that where people are missing is the worthiness of, mm. of deserving more. Totally. And I think a big thing too, when it comes to whether it's gratitude and acceptance, whatever we're talking about, two different emotions can exist within us Mm -hmm. within the same realm. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. Something that a lot of my clients um, sometimes struggle with is that idea that they can be happy and sad. They can be a work in progress and they can be crushing something at the same time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us look at ourselves as very one dimensional human beings. So it's like, we either have to be happy or sad. We can't be both. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have to be confident, not confident. We have to be sexy, not sexy. It's this Mm -hmm. very black and white dichotomy between the two. And something like what you were saying with the gratitude and everything, it's allowing yourself to hold space for both for being like, I'm very grateful for what I have or saying like, as you were saying, right? Like, yes, it's been a shitty year, but there are other, there are other things that could have gone on for sure, but it's allowing the two to coexist without Mm -hmm. guilt on either end of either writing it off. Exactly. Without the guilt of wanting more and without the guilt of being like, Oh, like I could have had it worse. So I I won't complain because that's also very invalidating of our emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally I feel yeah I relate to a little bit of your story I went through the confidence is that it's a work in progress for me at the beginning I said surprise I'm not confident and I I open up about this in a few episodes it's also hard when I record these because I don't know which one's airing which I just put them in a database and I'm like this one, this, yeah, one. I feel this, this, yep. <laughs> yeah, this one's speaking to me, but in a few episodes, I talk about, uh, my journey and my body 
and how when I left Toronto and moved to Vancouver, I was pretty overweight and that weight was emotional. That weight was me not learning to nurture my body in healthy ways. That weight was me just not working out at all. I, I honestly abandoned myself, moved to Vancouver, didn't have any, have any friends really not a demanding schedule. And I said, you're going to make a very simple goal to yourself. You're going to move your body for at least 30 minutes a day and you're going to eat better. That was it. And in four months I dropped, you know, a significant amount of weight, like 30, 40 pounds. And I started to get into this routine. I found new sports that I loved and eight months in, we're now down like 60 pounds and I'm in this whole new body. And I'm like, at the time proud because I'm more so proud of the numbers, but at and the time, that's what society told you, right? Uh-huh. Like you lose weight and you're more valuable. Totally. Yep. But at the time it feels like it's a, a good thing, but I can't, I don't notice that I don't, I never knew that I had disordered eating on both ends. Totally. So at the time it's like, look at you, you're doing amazing. Keep going. You could do better. There's more, there's more, there's more. If I could go back to 2016 bod, I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> but at the time I thought I was fat. And yeah. at the time there was one point I was Both 17% body fat. I'm not an athlete. Why, why am I striving to be lower than that as a female? Why is that even in my fucking radar totally. as a, as a measure of success for me? Totally. Because I'm chasing that measure of success, but no one's, none of my coaches are talking to me about my unhealthy habits at the bottom of like, well, what are you doing to get there? Mm-hmm. I literally would go to an office and sit at a desk from nine to five and then go home and start to work on my side businesses. Why the fuck am I counting my macros? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I just want to like, I want to be completely transparent when you were like starting to talk about weight and stuff. I was like, no, 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 no. She's going to tell me she's more confident because she lost her weight. And a huge thing of like my coaching. Exactly. So I'm not going to like, I was like, oh, fuck no, 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 no. But I'm actually really glad that we are having this conversation Mm -hmm. because um, so so many, like the, the diet industry itself brings in billions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially just uh, a makeup of the beauty industry, the fitness industry, the medical industry, all working together to essentially tell us that our weight equals worth. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because a lot of people will come to me and they'll say like, I, I was like, I'm more confident now in my new, like in this new body, in this new um, shape of mine than I was when I was hating on myself when I was doing all these really harmful and very, very scary things to my body. And Mm -hmm. a big thing about like my coaching and, and with my clients is helping people realize that there is so much fat phobia in this world. And, um, you know, in ourselves totally. And, um, I think a big thing too, is recognizing who's telling us to be a certain weight and, and who's benefiting from it. And when you allow yourself to actually take a look back and say, cause like when we're born, we don't come out of our womb saying like, I hate this part of me. This part You're is like, ugly. Oh, fuck, like I'm nine pounds. <laughs> you like, you look at kids and kids, kids think they're the most beautiful things that walk this earth because mm-hmm. they haven't grown up in the society that's telling them otherwise. And so when you actually take a second and be like, why do I actually feel like shit? Like, why do I believe these things? And it's essentially because we are told to believe it so that we continue to spend our money on industries that are benefiting and making money off of us hating ourselves and being at competition with each other. And it happens with all folks, but like very predominantly different. And because I identify as a woman, like 
I can kind of like tap into that. But um, especially as women, right? Like we're told to be competitors. We're told that weight equals worth. We're told that prettiness has privilege, which it does. Let's be completely transparent here. Like there is such thing as pretty privilege, but it's because it exists because we've been taught that, right? So now mm-hmm. we're all striving to be this standard mm-hmm. and the standards itself are very based out of um, like racism, right? Because essentially it's like the, the European beauty standards, they don't, it doesn't allow our space for folks of co- other colors and black folks to have a place in that, which is problematic in its own. So um, it's interesting though, because again, so many people, they go on weight loss journeys and and I'll, for any listener who might be on a weight loss journey right now, or believing that your worth and your confidence might increase because of a decrease in weight, like I'm not saying that you are a bad person and I'm not saying that you're wrong for mm-hmm. doing so because mm-hmm we are all brought up in the same society that tells us that that is what's going to bring us happiness. So if you're listening right now, I know for myself, I felt guilty when I first heard that. So if you are partaking in that, that's okay. Like, please be kind to yourself because it's very difficult not to, but it's allowing ourselves now to fight. It's not just about not caring about our weight. It's fighting the patriarchy. It's fighting racism. And by doing so, and by not losing weight and not trying to put our weight attached to worth, we can like, that's a really great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is so hard because like I said, at the end of the day, we're just told that our worthiness is dependable on the way that our body looks, which is so, so tragic because I know the most confident people in this world from being a coach in this industry. And I can tell you for free, none of them give a fuck about what their bodies look like. And none of them hold like the beauty standards, quote unquote, that was placed on them growing up. Yeah, it's wild. You know, the older I get, the the more I realize that there are certain things in my control, and then there are certain things that get thrown at you real quick. When I got diagnosed with the hormonal disorder, I didn't know that I was insulin resistant for two years. So here I am working out seven days a week, measuring my food, getting my meals delivered, packing on weight again. And I'm like, what in the actual motherfuck is happening in my life? I was losing my mind. Um, so here we are two years later, still trying to navigate this journey, still can't get back to that quote unquote, happy weight, that old weight. But in this whole process of like heavier to fittest of my life to you know, I gained weight when I was super depressed. And then after my breakup, I lost 20 pounds in six weeks. My, cause I didn't eat anything. Everyone's like, you look amazing. My self-worth was back. I literally could not eat. There was a span for the first three, the first month after that breakup, I would get a smoothie in the morning. And at 2 PM, I'd still be drinking that smoothie. I could not Mm. stomach food. And somehow Uh, I found the energy to work out. Totally. Somehow I found the energy to work out twice a day and not eat anything. So of course all the Mm -hmm. weight came back. And then all of a sudden, guess who's looking good? Her self-worth is back. This is amazing. Get, get smacked with the hormonal disorder, weight and skin fucked up in six weeks. I've been like that for two years. And this is the first time I'm finally hearing my body cry to me. Like it's never about, it has never been about the weight. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about some self-love practices in a non-BS way. Cause I fucking hate when people talk about self-love. They're just like, Oh, just love yourself. And I'm like, bitch, oh. I don't. 
can you stop saying totally. that to me? <laughs> totally. I know. And I mean, it always comes from like good intention, but it's like, totally. what actually, and, and everyone's self-love journey is going to look different. And what different. works for me is going to like not work for some of my clients. But that's the cool thing about it, is that like when you're on that journey and you dedicate time, as I know you're doing with working with Kelsey and you're on your own journey as well. Like, mm-hmm. I know that that's something that, you know, so one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to actually just sit down and look at the different realms of life, health, care, happiness, all the things that go into um, your day to day. So for me, it's waking up and saying, okay, um, what does my sexual health look like? What do I want it to look like? Not what society tells me my sexual health should be like, what do I need for my sexual health to honor my body? Mm -hmm. Um, What does nutrition mean to me? For me personally, it's making sure that I have a vegetable every day because I don't like vegetables, like straight up. So it's like allowing myself to make myself a meal, which is an act of self-love in itself and self-respect instead of just ordering food, but cooking for myself. Um, It's allowing myself to know that movement doesn't have to be, isn't um, related to weight loss, but it's allowing myself to say, okay, I'm going to bachata dance every single day because (laughs) that feels good. Um, What does, you know, what does your sleep look like what do you need for your sleep? Not what society tells you you need, mm-hmm. but what, what benefits you when you get the most amount of sleep. And then it's everything right down to, do you like your perfume that you mm-hmm. use every day? Do you like your shampoo? Does your shampoo make your skin oily? Like these are things that people kind of surpass every single day. And it touches a little bit into sensuality as well, but it's allowing ourselves to be like, what, what, what goes on our skin, what we smell, what we eat, who we like our, our spaces, everything that has I wore to do this with for you today. Oh, sexy. I, I like we're it. talking about confidence. I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah. feeling good today. I'm going to put on totally. some lazy shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like allowing yourself to say like, what feels good on my skin? Like, am I wearing clothes that society says I should wear? Or am I wearing stuff that makes me feel empowered and makes me mm-hmm. feel comfortable? Right. And so I think a lot of people don't realize is that our our whole, like we kind of talked about ecosystem around us is a reflection and an extension of who we are. And so it's important to make sure that everything that we're doing, what we're looking at, what we're smelling, what we're hearing, who we're spending time with honors the person that we want to be with. Now, when you do that, you will find yourself increasing your confidence because instead of working out for the external validation of your body Mm -hmm. looking a certain way, you'll maybe work out and actually feel super strong. Maybe you'll be proud of yourself that you got out of bed and did that when you were having a hard day. When you decide to, um, you know, not wear makeup and just say, fuck this, like it doesn't feel good on my skin. I'm going to go bare faced. It's you allowing yourself to honor the inside of you and almost like the child version of you that wants to be accepted and just wants to exist without a cover. Right. So that's one of the first things that you can do. And I like to just journal. Sometimes you can go online and just type in like different types of health or different types of um, realms within who we are. And they'll come up with a list and you can literally just say like, okay, how do I feel about each one? So that's the first thing, because the reason the reason you need to also do that is because it allows you to tap into who you are. Again, so many of us are chasing dreams and goals and standards that we don't even want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. For me, I I don't want to be the size that I used to be, but for so long, I chased that version because that's what society said was right. I am in a body that I've never been in before and I've never felt sexier. I have never felt more confident and I have never had better sex than what I'm having right now. And it's simply because I'm existing in a body that is mine, 
I'm choosing how I exist every single day. I'm fighting the fat phobia. I'm fatting, fighting all those, (laughs) fatting, but I'm fighting all the different layers of life that's telling me that I need to exist in a certain way. So that is my number one tip for everyone going on their confidence journey is just asking yourself, are you doing something for you? Cause you actually fucking like it. Or are you doing it because that's what society told you to do? Cause 99% of us are doing shit because someone else told us to. The irony that it all goes back to like, we literally don't even know what our own fucking needs are. are. Yep. And we get mad at people because they can't meet our needs, but we don't know what our needs are. We can't meet them ourselves. We can't express those to partners, to friends, to anyone in our lives. We can't create boundaries around it. And then we wonder why we sit in this emotional turmoil of unhappiness. That's not blame. That is also me. Just so everyone's clear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not pointing any fingers other than pointing our fingers at ourselves. Totally, totally. Right. And, and it's allowing yourself to check in often, right? Like who do you mm-hmm. need to be around? Are the people, are your friends that you are spending most of your time with serving you in ways that help? Sometimes yeah. we don't even take a second to look. We just go on our busy lives and we just continue to do everything almost on an autopilot setting just because it's easy. And I totally mm-hmm. respect that. And then we get to this point where we feel drained or burnt out or, or overstepped. And we're like, what the fuck happened? Like, how did I get here? And it's like, bitch, that person literally overrode you for a year. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, right. So that the first thing is just always becoming super, super self-aware of where your thoughts are coming from. And if you are actually trying to exist in a body slash in a way that's valuing you and your desires and needs, or if you're trying to chase essentially an external standard. Um, that you do that. The second thing too, is finding the things that bring you joy or -hmm. finding the things that bring you those opportunities to practice self-love. For me, most people that have been following me for a really long time know that my journey actually started by posting videos of me dancing in my workout clothes or just in clothes in general on my Instagram stories to Latin music. And so now every time that people hear Latin music, they're like, oh my God, it makes me like think of you and all the times that you've been in your mirror. And now my followers every single day get a video of me dancing on my Instagram stories because it's such a huge part of my my journey. For me, I was a competitive dancer for 20 years and dance is very much embedded in body and weight and the way that you look. And so my healing and, and my confidence comes from doing the thing that told that essentially told me that I shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be doing in the body that I exist. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Fuck you. Dance teacher from grade nine that told me that I was too fat to dance with, with my group. I'm going to fucking dance every single day. I'm going to shake my ass. I'm going to do it in a thong. So my cellulite and everything is showing and I don't give a fuck. Right. Cause it's, it's fighting the, the thing that told you that you shouldn't exist in the way that you are. So mm-hmm. if you like, I tell my clients, if you like to play piano, if piano brings you joy and happiness and makes you feel confident put a mirror up while you're, while you're playing the piano, right? Because a lot of us have this reflection of ourselves as very negative. So Mm -hmm. when we walk past a mirror, when we walk past a reflection, we are conditioned to believe that that is a negative experience. So for us now, the second thing that I would say is when you are approaching, actually liking your body and liking who, what you look like and how you exist, practice it in a way that brings you joy. So again, if you like playing the piano, put a, put a mirror up, maybe try playing piano naked. If you get to the point where you're comfortable, right? If you like podcasting, or if you like writing content, 
or if you like doing trying push- to get me to podcast naked with you, <laughs> kind of, I'm not going to lie, but it might be a really great opportunity for you to challenge yourself and to do something that you love, see yourself doing something that you love in a positive way rather than mm-hmm. a negative. So if anyone's interested in doing some mirror work, I'm in the midst of doing a, a, a book called mirror work by Louise Hay. And it's 21 days and she gives you, it's so easy. This is what we're doing in the mirror today. This is how many times you're doing it. And there's also a little journal thing where you can go to acknowledge past patterns, be like, oh, maybe that's where that story came from. Or maybe this triggers me when this happens. But what I love about day one is that it's not like, it's not so woo-woo in the sense where it's like, hi, Ali, I just want you to know that you are the best and I really love you today. It's like, no, (laughs) day one. Hey, Ali, I see you. I just want you to know that I'm going to try my best to love you today. And I'm like, I could fuck with that. I can get behind that. Yeah, You're like, I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny too, because, um, when it comes to change and when it comes to like emotions and building confidence, if you are, and I'm glad you brought this up, but, and it kind of goes back to how we were like the, just joking about like, Oh, self-love, like just love yourself. But sometimes people are like, stand in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself and that you're beautiful. Okay, cool. If you don't fucking believe that. And if there's no emotion attached to your action, there's going to be no result, right? It's the exact same with business. It's the exact same in science. If there's no emotion connected, there's not going to be a change. So Mm -hmm. if you're standing there in the mirror and I know this from experience and you're like, I love myself, I am worthy. I am important. And there's no emotion, but you're going to fucking waste your time. Right. Whereas like you're saying, right. If you and can, you're going to get further away from your goal. Cause you're not going to do it. Totally. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't like doing shit when there's no results. Like I am a Capricorn. Oh, I'm, I'm, very oh, resu- I'm like, let's fucking get it. Let's get the money. Let's get the job, like whatever. Right. So yeah. if there's not that return in of investment, then I'm not going to do it. Right. So maybe looking in the mirror, like you said, right. Like maybe it's not saying I'm important. Maybe it's like, bitch, you can do it. Or like, bitch, you're trying Just shut the fuck up. Like whatever that looks like, <laughs> If it evokes an energy in you, then you're going to naturally see a change yeah. rather than doing something that that doesn't have an emotion attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild book. I've had to start a few times because I get to day <laughs> six and I'm like, fuck. Okay. Okay. Totally. I have this but- resistance to success. It's, it's all my shadow work that I'm working on. I'm just like, Ugh. I have it too. I'm like, I I'm like, I want to be successful and I want to be Hannah Montana, but I, I'm just like, not too sure if I want to get out of bed every single day and do uh-huh. that. So You're like, Oh, like- I got to work to make money. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. 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 But then I'm like, <laughs> but I want more money. So figure it out. Like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but let's yeah. get it. But yeah. So, um, and that's the thing about confidence too, is that people sometimes forget that it took 30 years for you to fucking hate yourself it's not going to happen overnight where you wake up and go, mm-hmm. you're a bad bitch. You're hot as fuck and fuck everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, because on average, if you scroll for, for four hours a day on social media, there is a statistic that says on average, you'll see 5,000 ads. So when I'm working with people and an ad now is not just buy my shampoo or buy no, my it's influence from anyone it's who's just, posting. I, I posted a hot pig yesterday with Nike shoes on and people were like, where's that shirt from where like mm-hmm. how'd you get your makeup like that I'm like mm-hmm. bitch I'm trying to sell a fucking dance class and you're asking me where I got my shoes and shit I know but yesterday I tried to get people to book a photo shoot they're like everyone hundreds of messages I'm like it's amazing they're like where's the ring from I'm like motherfuck even my mom's like I what's know. with the ring and I'm like oh my god I haven't gone on a date you know it's not a fucking engagement ring and it's on my right hand but <laughs> yeah like my fingers are fat it's the only finger. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like <laughs> fuck off. Exactly. And so I try to remind people too, like, you're not just going to wake up one day and feel hundred percent confident, right? Like every single day, these ads that we see and the, the, the information that we're being told, mm-hmm. it can be very confusing. It can lead to a lot of different opinions. So it is going to be very difficult to completely change your mind overnight, or even within like a couple months from, I hate myself and I need to be this to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And so mm-hmm. for you to say like, Oh, I started this six times, like good. You'll probably honestly start at 47 times by the time you're 50 and feeling like amazing. Right? Like even for me, I go back to the drawing board every so often because Confidence is not a, it's not an end destination because you might get to a point where you're like, like I'm at a point now, right now where I'm like, fuck yeah, I love my body. I, if I could, I would, my body would be everywhere. I think I'm a fucking temple. I think I have the sexiest goddamn body in the world. And if that's, you know, upsetting for people to hear, then, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I've been there, but fuck me, man. I am hot as fucking shit. Okay. So I love that, but there are days where I'm like, Erica, we need to work on this part. Or, okay, you know what? Like you haven't accepted that specific part of your body, but it doesn't mean overall that you still hate yourself, right? Like who I am today, I still have tons of work to do. I'm yeah. I'm never that person that's like, I'm the top of the castle and you're the dirty, like fuck that shit. No, like I cry every day because I'm on my own journey, <laughs> but I allow myself to be like, okay, chill bitch. Just because you're not like at an end destination, like you never will be, right? You will never, ever be there. So when we're searching for confidence, when we're on this journey, it's giving yourself compassion and grace to be like, I'm, I I can't search for an end result. I can't do it on a certain timeline Mm -hmm. because that fucking shit doesn't exist. So Mm -hmm. another thing too, when it comes to gaining confidence is allowing yourself to know, like, this is not a, you don't go to the bank and you don't get your confidence out of the out of the ATM and you walk away for the day, right? Like this is a not a destination. It's not, it's really a journey. And, and it's just like everything else in life, right? Like we get to a point, like I'm at a point in my business right now where two years ago, if I thought I'd be here, I would have like, I would have cried my, I'd be like, bitch, you fucking did it. Like, woo. Don't tell me how this morning I was fucking bawling my eyes out because I was like, I'm at the bottom of, of my business and I don't know where to go. And well, like, bitch, you're on a journey, right? So no matter what, you'll always be at the front of one of your journeys and you will always be at the back of the next. And that's just essentially where we exist. And when you can allow yourself to get into that mindset of like, okay, I've come somewhere, but I still want to go somewhere and not try to teeter and make sense of both. That's where you find confidence. Cause it's like, I'm good right now. I'm cool. I'm the best version that I am. I know that I can do more, but fuck yeah. I'm going to celebrate a little bit for who I've become. Yeah. So good. There is so much to unpack and these confidence, I feel like every episode I do, it's hard to, it's hard to stay in that. Like, okay, what can we, what can we unpack in an hour? No, truly. (laughs) I know. Because as soon as you say something like, okay, perfect. Now let's talk about this, but confidence, you, you've said it a few times, but it's like most things in life, it's not cookie cutter. And I've said this, if you've listened to other episodes, the internet has this nasty way of telling you that there's like, you're living, being an entrepreneur, you have to do this. Loving yeah. yourself, you have to do this. Losing weight, you have to do this. It, none of these things, none of the things in your life is cookie cutter. You need to figure out where you are at and where you want to get. And you're going to have to likely work with someone. It'll be nice for you to work with someone who can help give you a nice like give you guidance on a path that can help you get there gracefully. Cause it's a really, it's a really weird journey that we've, 
now I feel like it's easier and more people are open to like therapy and coaches, but unless you've started to be more aware of who you are, you're, you're looking at things with a lot of blinders up. You're looking at like, I'm here now and I want to get to here and I'm going to Google how to do this, this, and this, and then I'm just, I'm going to get there. And some people will, and a lot of people won't because they're going to be like, this isn't working for me. I'm frustrated and overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. Fuck this shit. But we're not taught going back to things we're not taught in school or that no one teaches us Mm. is that we're, we're that generation that's changing the fucking way we operate as humans. Absolutely. Because you look at our parents' generations and as a, as a human, you don't know what you don't know. So, you Absolutely. know, my parents, my my mom gets her shit because of whatever she got from her parents and whatever she experienced as, you know, a child. And then she grew up living her life the best way yep. that she knew how. And then she brings me into this world. Totally. And I can't imagine fucking having me at 20. Like imagine <laughs> me having a baby at 24 doing everything I did. And trying to raise a human, couldn't imagine it. So I have yeah. so much respect for mothers, but you're still young in your early twenties. You're having a kid. And now you're, as you're growing up, you're also raising someone. So I take on all of this stuff as children. I'm, I'm a sponge for good. I'm a sponge for bad. I'm a sponge for all energy. And, you know, but the, there's so many things you take on that you base your life on the way you live your life. You create stories. Absolutely. And narratives for yourself too. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the cool thing about where we're at now is we are not necessarily taking no for an answer. No. And we are so much more comfortable and confident in saying, okay, uh, fuck maybe what I learned eh, might not be hundred percent true. Right. And that was like a big thing for my own confidence journey was mm-hmm. not living in that denial and mm-hmm. living outside of the box. And a lot of the times actually I get quite a bit of heat from people and at first it used to really bother me because people would essentially say your existence triggers me. You being alive, you being who you are is triggering. And I don't like that. And I get reported quite a bit for this exact reason, because again, I'm, I'm this walking image of what could be. And I think the big thing when it comes to confidence and when it comes to people doing and going on their journey is allowing you to be like, what is outside of the box of what I know? Because I grew up believing that weight equals worth. I grew up thinking that being a successful entrepreneur was not shaking your ass on TikTok, not posting nudes, not talking about sex and dildos and, and all those things. And now I'm like, no, I can be professional and do that. I can be confident and not be the size of a body that I, that I used to think I needed to be. And that's okay. But Mm -hmm. it's allowing yourself to also put down your fucking ego and be like, you know what? I might not know everything or what I do know might not be the fucking truth. And that's difficult too, Mm because not a lot of people want to hear that they're wrong and not a lot of people want to be able to say, you know what, maybe I need to relearn something completely that I knew to be true for 30 some odd years. Totally. It's like that. Yeah. Going back to it, it's we're in a generation that we're, we have the ability to relearn. Totally. And we need to <laughs> our parents, but like, imagine our parents at our age trying to figure that out. There was no like internet yeah. or, you know what I mean? Totally. It's they wild the to think what they had. They had, they had the best with what they had. And now there's just even things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Even when I was a kid, I literally didn't know what anxiety or depression was until my mid twenties. And then I got diagnosed with it. So this whole time I'm living my life thinking, why is is life this hard for everybody? Literally not knowing, or is it just me? 
So we, what I was trying to say is that we're lucky because we've come into a time where people can be more open and you have the, the opportunity to research and to speak to people so you can understand where these stories, where these patterns, what could have actually caused it. And for me personally, now that I'm, I'm doing a lot of that work, I'm realizing that most of my memory is blocked off. If you ask me like any time before, like yeah. seven, six, unless there's like a specific memory that happened in school or something I, like big, I don't, I don't have access to any of that memory. So anyways, that's a whole other yeah. topic. But we're in, we're so lucky to be in a space where if you don't like something about how you're feeling, or if you're, if you're feeling very pulled, your body will know. Usually if you're unhappy, it's because you're ready for change. Mm -hmm, Totally. And and whatever capacity that means. That looks like, yeah. If you, you are just so lucky to have the ability to, to find someone who cannot tell you what to do, but to support you in navigating that journey. And I can't recommend enough if you have, if you have the capacity to work with the coach to really do it because it, it is life-changing. Totally. And the cool thing about coaches too, is that you can always find someone that is very similar to who you are. So mm-hmm. being, you can like, jam with. yeah, yeah. Like I feel like before, like, especially cause like I've had a therapist since I was seven, just from living with a chronic disease, it's part of mm-hmm. what comes with it. And I didn't get a choice for who was my therapist. And I had like an older man and I was like this 12 year old girl. And he was like, Oh, did you kiss any boys? I'm like, ew, like stop. Like, that's not how it is. But now, um, and a lot of the coaching industry gets a lot of heat, which like, that's a total different conversation. And it is a very valid one, but there's so many incredible people out there that have lived very different life experiences Mm -hmm. in different parts of the world that can support you through that. And so you can find people that align with you. You can find people that you're like, okay, I see myself in this person. If they've done it, fuck it. I can do Mm -hmm. it too. Like I want Mm -hmm. that mentorship and Mm -hmm. a big thing um, that comes with like confidence too. And we kind of talked about the ego, but it's allowing yourself to be like, I might actually even be where I kind of want to be, but there's never any harm in asking for help. There's never any, um, there shouldn't be any embarrassment about Mm -hmm. wanting to, to learn and improve yourself and to find people that you're inspired by and be like, Hey, (laughs) I don't know how the fuck you got there, but like, show me your ways. Cause I want to live like you, or I want something that you have. And that's a beautiful thing that we have, like you said, access to, and we are so Mm -hmm. lucky nowadays to be surrounded by so many incredibly smart individuals who are able to offer their, their skill and their magic essentially. Yeah. Ultimately what I'm even to, I say this to myself this year, like you deserve to be happy. Absolutely. That means something different. And what I'm trying to say is that it means something different to my happy is not your version of happy. It's not. So stop letting external sources tell you this is what's going to make you happy. You need to do the work to figure out what does that look like for me and how the fuck am I going to get there and who do I need to help me to get there? And that's that. Totally. This year, even for myself, like I was saying, like when I broke up with my partner, I was like, Hey, this is like my year of me. I'm going to just do this shit. And Mm -hmm. I, my, one of my biggest goals in the last, like I've always wanted to be a skateboarder. I was like, there's something super sexy about skater chicks. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I want it. And I never gave myself the opportunity to learn because I don't know why I just literally didn't. And so this year, um, in the summer I bought a skateboard and I'm telling you now I went from making $20,000 a month to $8,000 a month at most, but I skateboard every single day and I've never been happier. 
And it's so funny because I was trying to chase in the coaching industry, you know, a certain price or a certain uh, income per month. And I was trying to be an entrepreneur like everyone else. When in reality, my happiness is literally in putting in my headphones, listening to rock and roll or Miley Cyrus, sitting on my skateboard and just fucking going with the world. And yes, that might not be everyone else's idea of happiness, but when you actually like ask yourself what makes you happy, it's like the feeling of happiness is that much more amplified than if you're doing something that's like happy because society tells you that you should you're be You're way cooler that. than me. Cause you know, my happiness was this year. <laughs> Dude, I hope it's masturbating or something. Cause that was my second. That's my second. <laughs> taking nudes and masturbating was my second most common thing I did this year. I started taking tap classes. <laughs> Dude, I was a professional tap dancer for years. Like this is the coolest thing ever. As yeah. you should- Oh, fuck. It, it was the best part of my week until we went on lockdown. Now, ironically, I'm depressed again, but whatever. Okay. So no, we've well, had- you, can get, you can get platforms and you can tap at home. That's right. Uh, yeah. We've had a wild hour. I feel like we've been talking <laughs> for more than an hour and I, know. <laughs> I want to have three easy takeaways. Yeah. If someone's like, you know what, today, I just want to do three things that might make me feel better. That might me- put me in the in the path of like really owning who I am and stepping into my power, what would they be? And I'm going to start off with saying mine. I started wearing really like sexy underwear. Fuck yes. Oh my I, brush, I brush my teeth in it with my acne mask. It, I, I also asked myself, is it a fucking spot treatment if it covers my whole face? We don't know <laughs> at this point, but I'm sitting there with overnight crusty sulfur on my face, top knot, bags under my eyes, and this sexy ass with my electronic toothbrush. And I just put on like really inappropriate, like rap music. And I just give her in front of the mirror. I'm like, that makes me start my day. So amazing. But also sometimes I listen to Selena. (laughs) Honestly, I'm very impressed slash very turned on by that because I'm like that. If you're gonna listen to anyone, that's who it should be. That's who it should be. Totally. No. So I think my three biggest takeaways. That's what I would do. And there's like, that is very close to what I do as well. So not very far off. So biggest three takeaways I would say is if you want to do three things a day that do not cost you anything to allow yourself to honor who you are and your confidence journey, the first thing would do would be to do something for your sensuality. So whether that's music that makes you feel good, um, spraying a perfume that makes you feel like a badass bitch, Mm -hmm. um, eating the food, the breakfast food or the coffee that makes you feel warm and and cuddly inside, whatever the fuck that is, something for Mm -hmm. your sensuality because we are very connected to our senses and we don't honor it enough. So something for your sensuality, I would say something, get rid of something, whether it's the garbage in your house, whether it's a pair of old jeans, whether it's clutter on the ground, Mm -hmm. remove something that is useless or not holding value at that time, because it's a very small thing that you can do that helps you allow your brain to say, I am getting rid of something that doesn't hold value anymore. Because if we can do that to garbage, eventually you'll have it in you to do that to people or to things that are really holding you back. So get rid of something, do something for your sensuality, And then the third thing would honestly be to just take a second because no one takes a second. And I know this because I will find, there are days where my eyes shoot open and I'm like, podcast, this, this, that, got to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I'm chasing everyone else's goals. I'm doing something for that. I log on to Instagram and my brain is like, I want a fat ass like that. Like my ass is pretty fat, but like, maybe I need a fatter, whatever. And then sometimes it's, I literally will drop my phone on the bed and just stand with my hands like on my head and be like, for you, 
for you, bitch. I'll literally just say for you. And I'm like, got it. Okay. Bachata. And I'll find bachata. <laughs> literally shake your ass. Sometimes I'll just walk past the mirror and shake it. Right. There's like, it's just literally doing something for you, taking a second, whether you're breathing, whether you're dancing, whatever that looks like. And again, I think it's, it, it is essentially mindfulness, but it's allowing yourself to just remove your brain from all the distractions and all the messaging and just be present with yourself to kind of reconnect, whether it's literally three seconds of like, oh, I got this bitch, or mm-hmm. whether it's five minutes journaling, whatever, take a second for yourself. Cause you'll probably do something a lot better than what the second thing was going to be. If you didn't take that, didn't take that break. Like maybe you would have texted an ex. Maybe you would have like, I don't know, maybe done something really fucking stupid. So yeah. Yeah. It's a spiral, you know, it, it all goes. Those are such amazing, amazing takeaways and easy things that everyone, I think those are all three. I'm going to start doing the taking something out. I actually don't do that. Actually this morning, ironically enough, this morning, there was like a bunch of shit on my coffee table and I'm like, I saw it and I was like, what is wrong with you? And I like picked it up and I like threw it out and I was like, oh, that was actually nice. So I yeah. do that. I'm going to do that more often. Absolutely. I always Great will morning just open my, um, my office door and we have the recycling right out there and I will find a piece of re- recycling if I need to, just to be like, you did it, bitch. You did take it. it out of recycling. You put it back in. You're like, yeah. Ooh, whatever works, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. Those Amazing. would be my top three things that you can do that are free, that you don't need an extra dollar to do. And it literally takes two minutes. I love that. Erica, thank you so, so, so yep. much for hanging out with me today. I feel like we could have kept going for hours. Maybe we'll have you back on another episode about sex working. Cause I think Absolutely. that that's such a cool topic that I want to speak more on, but yeah. How can people connect with you? I'm going to link all your stuff, but yeah. Best way for people to connect with you and like what you're up to right now. Totally. So for 2021, I have lots of new things coming up. I have new programs, new offers. I do one-on-one coaching. That is my main offer that I do. Um, but it comes in very different packages and there's something for everyone. So always be tapping in. I'm sometimes promoting a dance class, a sexy dance class. And then sometimes I'm promoting an eye fucking class. And then the next minute I am promoting a Hold class on, about what? how to care. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We offer, I offer classes on how to, how to eye fuck someone. Okay. Like just it's fun shit. You gotta have fun with business. You, gotta you need fun. to go listen to my episode about eye fucking and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I'm going to do that right after this (laughs) bet on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So always stay tuned because I am always up to, I say I'm up to no good, but it's always out of the goodness of my heart. And um, you can find me on TikTok or on Instagram at Erica's Confidence Co. And those are the two platforms that I'm most active on, or that is also my website as well, www.ericasconfidence.co. You can find me there as well. Thank you so much. I will leave all of the links to connect with Erica. And uh, when I'm in Toronto, I will let you know. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Ali. Just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrow, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at, at unfiltered with Allie. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.